Hey, everybody. Absolutely fantastic episode of The Morning Show. We talk about the Bitcoin Ordinals auction by Yuga Labs, the 12-fold collection, and how it hauled in over $16 million. Big-time revenue event for Yuga Labs. Amazon's NFT plans, how Amazon is stepping into Web3, and another edition of Buy, Sell, or Send It to Zero with our very own trader extraordinaire, Easy Eats Bodega. Overall, it's a great episode of the show. Brought to you by our sponsor, So Rare. Make sure you sign up at the nifty.com slash so rare. If you like free to play fantasy sports games, sign up for so rare. Again, that's T H E N I F T Y.com slash so rare. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday, March 7th, and you have tuned into the NFT morning show. We talk about all things NFTs, crypto, technology, finance, entertainment, gaming, and everything in between on this show. Running the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, specifically Yuga Labs' big-time revenue event yesterday with the sale of their Bitcoin Ordinals NFT collection 12-fold. That's a big one. Uh, Some of Amazon's NFT plans really leaning into Web3. And of course, another edition of a crowd favorite, a fan favorite already, a new segment on the show, buy, sell, or send it to zero with our very own Easy Eats Bodega. I'm your host, P.O., here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, the funniest man in the business. Easy, the host of GMGM Market Talk, the founder of Bodagos, an NFT collection soon to hit a blockchain near you. Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders. They're rolling out Cyber Stadium. That's a really exciting new product, new game that's coming out. Can't wait to see what the response is to that one. He's also a co-founder in in the Nifty and an intelligent degenerate extraordinaire. Signal, the host of Artist Spotlight, writer extraordinaire, very analytical thinker. Love hearing her takes on the NFT space. Spencer. The founder of Spencer Ventures, representing for institutional capital. He's been hot as lava lately. And last but not least, Bunny. (laughs) Bunny, your bio just says Nick was wrong about 2BTC. Holy crap, was he off on that that, uh, Yuga auction, uh, the 12-fold thing. My Lord. (laughs) He was was very off. He was very off. I thought I believe that uh, Kicks and Nick said 0.2 Bitcoin was going 0.25 Bitcoin. I mean, look, this is not me trying to rub being wrong in anybody else's face. I'm wrong all the time. But I think you could argue that that's like a straight up out to lunch take right there on that 0.25 Bitcoin. I think that falls into the out to lunch category. You can drag it and put it into that category right there. But we're going to have to talk about we're going to have to talk about all that. Sweats over here, dude. I can't even do the math on 0.25 bitcoin. <laughs> you tell me that's worth a million dollars, I believe you right now. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh producer extraordinaire Clemente, I keep forgetting to introduce him in the intro, but we got him here. He's he's running the show. Love having him. Clemente, what's our question of the day? Question of the day is, what is one item on the top of your bucket list? Okay. Okay, one item on the top of your bucket list. Uh, I guess for me, yeah, going to South America. I've never been to South America. Been to a lot of other continents, not South America specifically. Want to go there. Kicks, what's a bucket list item for you, buddy? Um, Bucket list item. Great question. No fucking idea. Um, I'd say 
I'd say, you know, uh, meeting a president, meeting a president, real life, shaking their hand and, you know, maybe having even a, just a nice Pilsner with them. A, a sitting president specifically or any president like past? Well, you know, beggars can't be choosers, but I think a sitting president would be like the coolest. That's the cream of the crop, right? But even a past president, that'd be cool. Just like, you know, have a beer and talk to one of them. I got a lot of respect for all of them. I'm not one of these, you know, love them, hate them kind of people. Interesting. Very interesting. A former or, you know, sitting president uh, is on Kix's bucket list. Easy, what's something on your bucket list, amigo? To make a billion dollars. That's an interesting bucket list item. Sounds like more of a grandiose life goal. Yeah, like wait, wait, ten years, uh, you're not going to be interested in that. Let me tell you, so you're going to realize that, like, isn't that still a bucket list item, a grandiose goal, or am I incorrect on what that could potentially fall into? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's a weird bucket list item. Like, uh, in turn, one thing would be like if you were like sell a business or something like that, no, then that would no, be like no. one thing. If you're like have one billion dollars in my bank account, like I don't know. No. It, no. Okay. Well. All right. I'll change it. I'll change it. Own a Yugo ordinal for <laughs> 0.25 Bitcoin. I haven't been to Iceland, so I'd like to go there. People say you can do the Iceland country in just one trip. Well, uh, yeah, if you do the whole uh, drive around. I, I used to, uh, I had a startup that I ran for a small period of time where we actually did travel guides. I'd never been there, and I still put together like an Iceland uh, travel guide, essentially. And uh, and partnered with like local tour uh, businesses and stuff. Um, well, you you would know this then, Nick. It's super windy there, and they actually uh, don't cover wind damage on car insurance. So if you open your door the wrong way, you can just lose an entire door to the wind. I mean, that seems like an exciting trip. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, it'll be a story for the ages. I come back and I'm like, so here's the deal, guys. Uh, I went to Iceland. I lost a door on my car. Yeah, uh, and I didn't have insurance, so I now had to pay for a door, and it cost me, you know, a couple thousand dollars. How much does a door cost on a car? I don't know, but it can't be more than like a couple grand. If it, I would if guess. it bends the frame, the car's officially totaled. So depends on how bad the door gets taken off. Okay, well, suddenly we, we're dealing with uh, tornado force winds <laughs> in, uh, with this car. But you know, it's uh, a big deal when the insurance companies don't cover it. You know, look, they, here's, here's the deal. Out. I still want to go to Iceland. Okay, I want to go check it out. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna go there. And we got some good audience responses here. They know how to play the bucket list game. Billy said skydive over the Swiss and Italian Alps. That's a that's a proper bucket list item, right? Like that's an interesting idea. You know, that's that's what would go into a movie. It would go into a screenplay about a bucket list. Is something like that, right? I think there was that movie with like Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson or something. Um, no, what was the what was the guy the one that where the guy actually went to Iceland, uh, and he's like skateboarding down uh, hills or mountains, like uh, with, with the Lords of Dogtown. No, Signal's nodding her head. She knows what I'm talking about. I'm I know like, you're talking about, but I can't remember the name. And I'm he's skateboarding on. down like roads, which like you'd have a car out of it on, and yeah. he's touching the ground and he's doing. Oh, amazing he's going curves. like fast. It's unrealistic, yeah. <laughs> like the the degree to which he's doing that. But wasn't that a movie on like bucket list items? Maybe it wasn't, or it was just about happiness or something. Whatever it was. Uh, I, now I got, I'm going to have to look up what that movie is. Someone was it a Ben me. Stiller movie? Ben Stiller, yeah. Was it Greenberg? 
Is that what it was called? Greenberg? He had a movie called Greenberg. I don't think that's what it was called. It was Are you talking uh, about the secret life of Walter Mitty. Yes. <laughs> yes, the secret life of Walter what? I can love that movie. Walter Mitty. So weird, but it's a good movie. Is that about does he have bucket list items in there? Am I smoking crack? I don't know if he calls them bucket list items, but it's he does a variety of different tasks throughout the film. Yeah, a bunch of people are saying in the comments, uh, secret life of Walter Mitty. Well, regardless, uh, Okay, what are the other bucket list items that people shared? We're, we're going to move on. <laughs> that was quite a tangent. It's a, there's a lot of, uh, excuse me, coughing a little bit. There's a lot of travel bucket list items, which, you know, that's great if it was a... Tra- I think it's reasonable. That, that's, like, that's like within reach, right? And although if you're like a parent, right, I'm assuming that like some of those bucket list items see a little, seem a little bit further out of reach at the moment, right? Yeah, I, so... Here, I got you. So, so Jay, uh, Jay Lettuce Riss, I want to say Jay's won a giveaway here before because I recognize that name. Either that or he just writes really great comments. He, he said, go Bigfoot hunting. I know you're out there, motherfucker, and I'm coming. Also, visit the ice fields of Patagonia. Uh, shout out to Clemente. He knows something about Patagonia. Spyro uh, Bakes Cakes said, own a home on the coast of Italy. Everybody wants that. The deep said, stand in a coffee queue with Nick. Little nod to Nick uh, being difficult to order coffee with, or at least uh, not difficult, but uh, receives a difficult response from uh, baristas on a regular basis. Last one from Katz, K-A-T-Z. She said, buy my mother her dream home with the green kitchen cabinets. Green. Clemente, we should do the next one of being like, if you could have a house anywhere, uh, where would it be? Um, and that's like, I, I think we should move on to that one next time because that one falls within a uh, bucket list territory. We can now take a bucket list and then break them into subcomponents, and we'll have months of content available because people just continue to enjoy this segment better than any other part of it. Am I right? Yeah. And then, real last one, real blinking Nagiri. Real blinking Nagiri said, get a chest tattoo. Uh, that doesn't have to be a bucket list item. You can just go to New Jersey and get that done. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, shout out to the sponsor of today's show, So Rare. So Rare is one of the biggest games in crypto with millions of registered users. You've heard me talk about them before. It's a free-to-play game, meaning you sign up and you actually receive a batch of free NFTs uh, that you can use to play in the game. You can also go and buy more NFTs or through playing the game you can win more free NFTs. So in theory, you can just play the game for free forever. And what it is, is it's fantasy sports on the blockchain. And the sports that you can play right now are uh, soccer, you know, football, uh, baseball, and basketball. And so they have partnerships with the MLB, the NBA, and get this, English Premier League, they just signed a four-year deal with. So that's the biggest soccer league in the world. Uh, Pretty crazy stuff that they've locked in these deals with these major, major organizations. And in February, they had $22 million in sales volume. So this is a legit platform. There was a $69,000 LeBron James uh, card sale in February. If you remember in January, there was $189,000 Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak card sale. Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, And get this, it's built on Starkware, which is layer two Ethereum. So it's on Ethereum. You can bridge your cards from layer two Ethereum to layer one. 
Uh, I mean, what more do you want? Basically, it almost feels like they looked at everybody that messed up in sports NFTs and collectibles NFTs and just NFTs in general, quite frankly, and said, let's try to do all the things opposite of what they did and put all that together. And here we are. So if you enjoy uh, So Rare, definitely sign up. I think we actually got more spots in our league. I think they've like increased the number for for our league specifically, so you can like compete against me and compete against other people that play in the Nifty League. Yeah, so, the URL is updated now, so if you go to the nifty.com slash so rare, I think you can uh, just, anybody can join the league. I think we have like 10,000 or some some high limit uh, for participating. Let's go. Should give something away also for people who uh, win there, but I don't know, like, are those leagues, is there a limited time? Well, I'm assuming there's a limited time, which is the season. But is it like, are the scores reset on a periodic basis? Yeah, it's because it's it's weekly tournaments. Um, but I do have to see about maybe having a winner because if somebody like won the most tournaments in a season. So we can dig into that. But the bottom line is you can compete against other people in our league right now. Uh, sign up at the nifty.com slash so rare. So that's T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y dot com slash so rare. S-O-R-A-R-E. You'll hear me talk about them a couple more times during the show. Moving on to the weather report. Signal, please. Welcome back, by the way. Uh, Can't wait to hear this. Take it away. Good to be back, folks. Tuesday, the 7th of March. Lots going on in the markets. We've got that total market volume coming in at 75 million, while Blur still stealing at 44 million. OpenSea down around 20. Blur still holding predominant market share, but that has come down to 58%. On to leaders, Apes at 72, Mutants at 15, Punks at 67. The number has moved. you got Azuki at 14.6, Moonbird 6.1, Doodles 5.2, Pudgies 5.6, and it is Clonex out and Meme Land Captains in. Captains holding 5.5 floor. Over the past 24 hours, obviously we've been talking about 12-fold. If you were sleeping yesterday and weren't on Twitter, then you won't know that the top bid was 7 BTC or about 160,000 and the lowest bid came in at 2 BTC, so around 50,000 for that auction. On to yesterday's PFP mint. You got Animoca's mint, Mockaverse. It minted with issues, but still managed to hit 2 ETH, which is incredible considering what has happened to Momoguru. Momoguru's floor post-review has completely tanked and plummeted after revealing its upcoming game teaser. That floor is down more than 40% to 0.28 ETH this morning. On to the fine art end of the market and Claire Silver announced that her new collection will exhibit at the Louvre in Paris this month. The artist also signed with WMP Agency. Prior to the news, we saw the Genesis collection hit all-time highs at 25 ETH. Yesterday on news, it was well, pretty much all her collections ran and even the open editions managed to hit one ETH. And lastly, back to Meme Land announcement, they have said that the team, they earn approximately 9608 per month, per month. That is $46,000. And they're going to be distributing that eight to captains holders who participate in questing. So this is one of the reasons why we're seeing Meme Land up in the leaders that are actually doing things. On to crypto, BTC at 22, ETH at around 1500 Sol still earning, uh, Sol still around $20, so crypto all holding there. We have seen Blur go back down to what it originally came in at around 0.6. So overall, fine art end of the market doing incredibly well with news. We've had Fidenzas, we've had Claire. We've had uh, um, uh, the Louvre, so much news happening on that side of the market. But on the PFP side, it is a game of musical chairs. So for now, the 24-hour forecast, depending on what you hold, it's a mixed bag of wintry stuff. Back to you, folks. I love the comment from Signal. That's the most bear market comment ever. People really enjoying 
people really enjoying Project X because they're, they're not a rug. Uh, they're actually doing something. So that's very exciting. Uh, we're looking forward to other projects in the space, uh, hoping that more than 10 people stick around NFTs. That's what we're really interested in right now. Uh, back to you in the studio. Uh, you want me to do the newsletter today, Pio? Yes, right. please, sir. All right. Uh, Nifty newsletter today. If you're not subscribed, go subscribe at the nifty.com. T H E N I F T Y M O U S E. Nifty Mouse, as they call it, you know? Uh, that's a little thing I've been thinking in my head, but no one else thinks it. T H E N I F T Y.com. Go sign up there. Uh, Kix is wondering about that joke, uh, making, making a cringe face. Amazon reportedly upgraded its NFT platforms to include giving customers the ability to purchase. NFTs tied to real-world assets. That's pretty exciting from Amazon. Less exciting from Amazon was them uh, not continuing with their plans with the headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, where I'm from. A-Town represent. Not going to be good for the uh, real estate market there. But uh, I don't think uh, DC real estate's had any problem. Famous AI artist, famed AI artist, Claire Silver, one of the first people on my podcast. Uh, she, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Signal mentioned it, has her new collection at the Louvre. It's worth saying again. That's pretty exciting. Uh, Going to be honest. Congratulations to Claire on that. Uh, Zeblax, Zeblax announced a partnership to release the official NFT co- uh, collection of legendary boxer Muhammad Ali. Uh, this NFT collection has been hidden for decades. And now it's uncovered and revealed for the first time. Zeblax has announced... Uh, Muhammad Ali's collection. I don't know what the deal with that is. Yuga Labs 12-fold. We discussed that. That's about to be a conversation that we have momentarily. And Apple has so far refused to greenlight Uniswap's crypto wallet. Wah, wah, wah. Well, that's a difficult one. Uh, not given the green light. Probably didn't want to announce that in advance, but I, I like it. It's, it's, us, versus, uh, it, it's ver- us versus Apple at this point on the NFT side of things. Kicks, what were you going to say? This Apple's a bunch of bozos. Dude, clearly. And uh, that company, never heard of them before, not going to make it. That's what I say. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming their stock is suffering significantly due to... I'm just wondering uh, what the FTC's doing with uh, their budget, you know, considering their job is to, you know, regulate antitrust matters, you know, but that's a, that's a, that's a story for another time, Nick. How are, they gonna, how are they going to afford to do their job without funding from Apple, Kicks? I mean, come on, dude. Where is that? Actually, just kidding. They don't pay taxes. All right. That's what they mean by pay the piper, right? Uh, that's correct. Quick reminder, if you didn't sign up, sign up for at the nifty.com. We are plowing forward with some exciting things on that front. Needless to say, uh, I sound like uh, the boy who cried wolf the n- number of times that I've uh, mentioned this. But, uh, you know, one day you'll see. Uh, let's dive in. Top story. Yuga Labs. Dude, Okay. I was way off with this uh, by almost an order of magnitude. It wasn't that bad, but I was off by 10x. Uh, more than, yeah, 10, it was that 10 times what I thought deviation? before. Uh, I don't know that stand, no. It, well, it depends on where, you, where you're, where, <laughs> where the normal distribution is. <laughs> so it's, hard to, it's hard to assess that. But the bottom line is uh, my, our, our prediction was 0.25 e, uh, Bitcoin as the floor for these. The full, the cheapest. Yours was you and Kicks. That was your prediction. Yeah, the the che- and PO and the cheapest no. was uh, uh the cheapest was um 
2.5 Bitcoin, right? I mean, that's just absolutely absurd. I just don't even, I, I, I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, I will say, um, I was saying all along that this art looks incredible. You know, uh, there's nothing better than this art looks like, a whatever those candies that we were discussing yesterday. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what is everyone's thoughts on this matter? I, I, I was absolutely shocked and I want, to see the result. And I want to talk about that and what the reality of that means. But I'm curious to see what Sig- I mean, uh, Spencer thinks. And I want to definitely hear from Signal and Easy on it too. Spencer, what do you think of the price action? I feel like it's pretty. Uh, that, that was pretty expected. Uh, but what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what Al Nick was smoking. But uh, the, uh, the, the thing here is like... Um, it's a very small supply collection. It's an art collection by Yuga. It's on ordinals. You see what other ordinals are going for. Like it feels pretty clear to me that this should trade above what the off-brand CryptoPunks traded for, right? Like that that doesn't seem like a huge leap to make. Um, you know, you saw the off-brand CryptoPunks on Bitcoin trading in like the two Bitcoin range um, early on. This is the first like real collection to hit besides the D Gods block, and the D Gods block was an auction. So. Um, I don't know. I, I think Biggie's art's pretty good. He's, you know, the, the artist is uh, Biggie. He's the founder of 10KTF. He was Beeple's college roommate, um, for those of you who don't know. Uh, it just, it seems like a winner all around. I don't know why why people are surprised that it, it's worth as much as it is, but it's, it's so low supply. Like, you can't comp it to what you think you should be comping it to in the traditional, like, NFT space. Because you're used to 10K collections, you're used to 1K collections. 300 units is just small supply. Well, there's the math. Uh, reduce supply, price go up. Uh, we're going to drop a collection of 10, you know? So I'm pretty excited about that. Signal, uh, what, what about your uh, thoughts on, you know, what went down? Um, like, I mean, price-wise, okay, that's what the market has uh, said is going to be. So minimum floor to like, like basically $50,000. Um, I think... What, for me personally, but this is just a very personal opinion, for me what's missing here is the story of the individual behind it. Um, Yuga are not pushing Figgy behind this. This is the in-house team. We know it's Figgy, but they're not pushing the Figgy narrative. So you have to look at this as Yuga, the entity doing it. And just personally for me, I'm not, I don't really want to own uh, sort of in-house art from Yuga. I would rather take $50,000 and put that into emerging artists or established artists, like somebody who has a story where the narrative will carry and can actually um, go beyond just the market that is on Twitter right now. Um, I just don't find it very like interesting to hold. I don't know. There's, there's nothing personal there. It's Yuga. Everybody loves Yuga. Everybody loves Bored Ape. You'd never fade them. But as like a personal collection that I would want to put money into, it's just not what I would want to hold. I prefer to hold the story of an individual um, whose work resonates with me, both visually and narratively. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's interesting. Look, the bottom line is that the the factor in this that's least significant or, or the only risk factor in this actually is Yuga. Uh, Kicks, go ahead. Yeah, first of all, my hands look really thin on on this camera. I'm wondering uh, what's going on there. But just quick question: What uh, secondary market? <laughs> I think I'm hallucinating. <laughs> what? Everyone wants to know what's going on. What type of lens is that, kicks? Because I it's need to get be one of those. Lens, right? Um, what what secondary marketplace do these trade on? I'd be really interested to see if they're trading at all on secondary. 
I tried to look at some of the marketplaces, but they haven't even been sent out yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think it would be really interesting to see if this uh, Eucalypse project like sparks a lot of secondary trading around it. Um, it yeah, I'm just I'm just curious because I could I could see it very easily coming in potentially even higher than what it minted out yet. But I guess we got to wait for him to get sent out first. I mean, look, this is it's big news <coughs> on the Bitcoin side. Um, Nick, I want to I want to have big you news skinny hands. That's what they say, you know. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? No, I, I, and Clemente, just let me know that the uh, the audio is coming through. So I'm going to just uh, stick around and wait. But anyway, look, I wanted to put this out there. Um, the Bitcoin Bitcoin whales have a lot of money. And that's what Gabe Layden talked about on our show. And he's a thousand, a thousand percent right. The other thing is, I think that a lot of people, um, when they're in any kind of bubble, NFT, Twitter, and Discord is its own bubble. And, and I've you know talked to people about that. And I think that there's mis misunderstandings about the significance of that bubble. The crypto Twitter bubble is another bubble. I think because people see the quote unquote Bitcoin maximalist community on Twitter, they get one impression of like what all Bitcoiners and all human beings that own Bitcoin and human beings that are rich off Bitcoin are like. But the reality is, is if you talk to a lot of the people, the, like the actual people building on the Bitcoin side of the industry, which because we're launching a Bitcoin show, uh, which actually goes live next week on Tuesday. Uh, sponsored by Trust Machine, which are some heavy hitters uh, in the Bitcoin community. You know, I've had a chance to talk to you know some of the the big dogs over there, and the reality is, is most of those Bitcoin maxi guys that are putting toxic posts out on Twitter don't even own one Bitcoin. Like that's like a big reality, and so those people literally do not matter. They're not uh, an accurate representation of human beings that own Bitcoin. Just like there's a lot of people that own that are whales in the NFT space that don't have Twitter. And so those people don't matter. And that's why I think a lot of people thought that Bitcoin maxis wouldn't be into a Yuga Labs drop on Bitcoin ordinals. The bottom line is Bitcoin ordinals is the biggest thing to happen to Bitcoin probably since the Lightning Network. I'll be able to confirm that for you guys in the next like two or three weeks after I, you know, we talk to some of these expert, expert, experts on the Bitcoin show. But the reality is like those toxic voices on Twitter literally don't matter. Like Twitter does not matter. To Bitcoin at all, it, it does not matter, like at all. And so, this is the least love, surprising you know, thing ever. People on on Twitter that were saying that this was like a massive cash grab, and it's like they're like sad to see money, you know, get sucked out of the space like this. I'm just really curious how those people like where they think like the money is like you know better spent going towards. You know what I mean? I think we should airdrop it into war zones. Would be my sort of thought. <laughs> it's like one potential location. I I I, I tend to enjoy that. Uh, especially if we can do it to like tribal leads, which, uh, you know, uh, sort of like, Oh, you weren't talking about call of duty wars on you were talking about like active real world. Yeah. I'm talking about real world <laughs> sort of just airdrop, you yeah, know, man. uh, drop money into, into the place on pallets would be sort of my approach to sort of, uh, effective ways of spending money, um, and, uh, paying off various, uh, government, you, you got you know, my go vote, buddy. governments <laughs> around the world. Um, just just to be involved with like sort of covert ops and and that sort of thing, I think that that's helpful. I think we should be buying weapons and funneling it into places where so that we can set up more uh, sort of uh, global sort of instability. That's a that's the thing that I'm a big fan of. Um, <laughs> and uh, I also think printing money is another way to actually do this is so that we can just print it and airdrop it to people within the country so that we have more inflationary pressure 
Um, so I don't know. There's a couple of great ways that I think about utilizing money. Um, we could all go to strip clubs. That would be another thing that I think about would be a great way to do it. We could give a bonus. Should I keep going, Pia? Well, we get, well, I'm loving it, but we can move on in just a second. I wanted to make sure that we talked about, so look, you, Yuga Labs did make $16 million in revenue off this drop, which is pretty wild. And if you think about it on January 1st of this year, a $16 million NFT drop wasn't, it couldn't have been on their, you know, their 2023 plan. So just from a business perspective, like Nick, that's, that's pretty sick, right? That's pretty good to just be like, oh shit, a new notable NFT protocol came out. Let's, let's rock, you know, like pretty good. Let's just quickly make $16 million. I mean, I don't know how many employees they have. They have 200 employees at an average of $100,000 salary a year. That's $20 million. So they almost covered that. Yeah, they can afford 160 employees, basically. Uh, and there's no way they're getting 100000 It's probably an average of more like 150000 So they can cover yeah. 100 employees' salaries this year uh, with just that one drop. If they did that twice, that's a pretty good setup. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, that's a pretty sick way of approaching things. And here's been one of the issues. Actually, this is so magnificent for them because they, a couple of factors come into play here. A, they don't need to do the other deed drop with 100,000 uh, other deeds potentially because this offsets that potential revenue. They don't need that revenue. They're good. They, they don't, uh, and, and that was locked up revenue. This is literal money that they can just immediately spend. This is, this is non-dilutive to any of their other NFTs. This is the best thing that could have ever happened to Yuga Labs, frankly. Like this is- this It's the start of a fine art vertical. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean- Or CryptoPunks was already that. It's an expansion of a fine art vertical. This is as good as it gets. The only thing that's frustrating about this is that there was no like advantage- for CryptoPunks holders, there was no advantage for Board Ape holders. It, that's the only thing that feels a little bit off with this is that they they talk about like the main point of Board Ape Yacht Club and everything that they've been building is that everything that they develop is going to be uh, uh, skewed to the advantage of Ape holders. And this was one thing that just felt like it wasn't. I'm not like mad about that, but it does feel like it like this is this is just a different complete. Like entire area, so that that's something I don't that think I, ape holders know how to get on Bitcoin. <laughs> that's like, I, and they don't want fine art either. Yeah, I think I think that's what, what Pierre just said is actually the real thing here, which is that like this is the first sort of new brand that popped up under the Yuga umbrellas that they've like not acquired in. I think that's a really interesting thing. Like, I wonder if we're going to see Yuga continue to spin off new things that are not in the board ape ecosystem. Um, you know. Arguably, maybe Mebits and, and Punk are, are not, but I think they, they've kind of still been in the sense that, like, they're, you know, part of other side. I think Mebits is the most distinct, but I'm pretty excited to see what this means. Do they go wide instead of just going deep? Um, you know, obviously, this is on Bitcoin, so it's a little different, but I don't know if we'll see different brands that are uh, Yuga subsidiaries besides other side on. Uh, Ethereum mainnet, that would be a very interesting shift in strategy from them as a, from a corporate perspective. And I understand why, w- real quick, Sig, I understand why you're thinking like that, Spencer. And I think Nick would think identically in that regard. It's like, well, are they going to go wider instead of deep? But the one thing I would say to sober that up is in this instance, going wide was making 300 JPEGs and selling them for 17 million bucks on Bitcoin ordinals after other people had done it on Bitcoin ordinals. With a team of 
one or two or three, like wh- whatever the number is, it like this is like the most efficient. This is maybe the most profitable business division ever in the history of, of business. business. Yeah, it's like you just like literally created 17 million bucks doing something that you already know how to do really well, like real quick. Like this was a quick thing. Anyway, say go ahead and then we're, we're going to uh, move on after this. Yeah, no, there's two things that I find really interesting here. One, we've just seen how Yuga can stretch the brand without breaking the without breaking the ba- the brand. Uh, like you're saying, this 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 is incredible what they've done. No one else could pull it off in this space. But two, Nick, to your point, uh, I'm really glad that Yuga didn't say eight holders can get this because most people, including yourself, were like, <laughs> should be like, I'm entitled to get this. I'm a board APR holder. I'm entitled to my fifty thousand. I am right? entitled. And, <laughs> but here, it's like. You had to get off your ass, go get the wallet. If you didn't have the wallet, find out how to get it. Make sure you have Bitcoin. There were a lot of steps which people just could not be bothered to do. Transfer so people- $40,000 yeah. into your wallet was <laughs> exactly. one of those steps as well. <laughs> exactly. So the people, like, the people who wanted this actually wanted it. And I think it's good because it means that most people who were eight holders were not interested in it. They're interested in other stuff. So you completely divide your customer base. They completely split off. Who's only interested in apes and the free stuff that comes there and actually who is interested in fine art and those two customer segments are completely different as we're seeing so i think those are two really key takeaways they've managed not to they've managed to stretch the brand without breaking it and it shows within the board ape yacht club who actually can be bothered about fine art and is interested in it absolutely and before we uh move on i just want to like uh give everybody a little bit of a perspective here like when i first got into nft like Twitter and the NFT culture, I was really surprised by the lack of like acknowledgement of the significance of Bitcoin. And this isn't me saying anything. No, just real quick. And this isn't uh, me saying anything like negative about Ethereum. Like we're building an entire business and ecosystem on Ethereum. So I'm like definitely a believer in Ethereum. But when Ordinals first came out, which reminder guys, this is not up for interpretation. Ordinals is like one of the biggest things to happen in the history of Bitcoin. Actually, like legit, right? The biggest thing that happened in the history of the first and uh, most robust cryptocurrency ever created. It's a pretty big deal. And I saw like people in our Discord and stuff. Nick, don't make me the only person on the screen right now. I saw people in our Discord and stuff saying like, this is just a new meta. Give it two weeks. It's just a new meta. I was like, that's the most out to lunch thing that I've ever heard. That's like ridiculous. This is not some random shit coin yeah. chain that just got started. This isn't Your like Bitcoin shows next week, dude. Save it for the save it for the uh, Bitcoin show, man. I mean, geez, geez, Louise. Like you saying that is making other people not understand the significance. And that's like the problem that I'm talking about here. So I, people just need to understand, like, this isn't a random ass flash in the pan trend. This is like the blockchain having a layer one protocol for inscriptions, which can basically be used for NFTs. It's a fucking big deal, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, I want to apologize. Like, literally, to- this is like drawing on dollar bills and then like saying that the dollar bill is worth a lot of money. I, I just... It's it's crap. If you if you don't <laughs> out to lunch, literally. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is at lunch. I, don't... I'd love to be out to lunch with Kicks. Sounds like a great lunch. <laughs> right? hang out, you, you, Bitcoin. you guys can go yeah, have your pastrami's, man. I'm just telling you. You guys can go have your pastrami's. Anyway, moving on. I'm opening up a new club. European lunch would be two hours. We'd have 
magnificent conversation. Dude, you guys are like brick walls, bro. Not going to make it. Anyway, so moving on to Amazon. Amazon is reportedly launching its NFT marketplace on April 24th. This is massive news. Uh, they are laying the groundwork to give customers the ability to purchase NFTs tied to physical goods that can be delivered to their doorstep. The company is planning to notify every Amazon Prime customer, at least in the United States, of its digital collectibles initiative once it goes live. So look, if I'm thinking about this real quick, and then I want to throw it to everybody else, um, and Clemente's got a question on this topic, but if I'm thinking about this, when I look at like the big tech companies, Google failed with its social media thing. Uh Meta, you know, Facebook, that whole like, you know, moving on from the metaverse and leaning back into VR and to give to be, give credit, they've been on VR for uh, or they or excuse me, going to AI. That just did not feel like the strongest move. What is Amazon failed at? What, legit. What is like a big failure of Amazon? Uh, their phone. That was Lots a disaster. Acquisitions. Human yeah. rights for their employees. That- <laughs> is that a <laughs> is that a failure or an ethical issue? <laughs> there have been individual failures of of people in in uh, Amazon, but I feel like when Amazon says no, we're going all, all in on something, it typically works out. I don't know. What do you guys think? Anybody that wants to chime in, what do you guys think about Amazon and NFTs? I don't think that like anything that they enter works out. Um, I think that they have a monopolistic ambition. And so they like force companies into uh, lost positions and they're, and they're uh, like uh, Walmart did uh, similar things, except Mar- uh, Amazon's driven it by free market or quote free market. I'll put in quotes uh, sort of initiatives as it applies to this. though, I think this is fucking huge. Um, there was a quote that I saw the other day uh, that I sent to PO and uh, it, it sort of gives visibility to kind of the stuff that we're thinking about. But uh, uh, when uh, the NFL put NFT drops in their email, their open rate went from 20 to 60%. And I think, um, look, there's going to be inevitably a short-term pump in that sort of uh, growth hack. But I really think that this is uh, a pretty big thing in the sense that as long as uh, some of these product companies can introduce those collectibles. What this is the future of is the cereal box stuff or the or the toy at uh, the Happy Meal toy at McDonald's. I was looking this up. Basically, that whole all that stuff is dead. Like I remember it, but they this doesn't exist anymore. There's no more toys in cereal boxes. Like that's just not a thing. It's not sanitary. Uh, uh, well, it's not just sanit- uh, not that it's not sanitary. I think the uh, bigger issue was the fact that uh, supposedly it was a choking hazard. Um, and then Jesus. also... You just got to ruin everything fun. Like, the, your, your kid's an idiot if they just, you know, <laughs> choke on, like, a literal, like... I went to the hospital for putting it in my butt kicks when I was a kid, and it was quite a, di- it was quite a situation. I learned not everything should go in your butt. So that was what I uh, learned after that. Um, but uh, how dare you? Uh, make, dude, you know kids. Especially something without a flared base. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so so, um, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> this is hard for me to recover from. Um, the bottom line is, uh, NFTs. I think associated with rewards rewards programs makes sense. The real question I have is like it needs to be executed properly in terms of what those deliverables are that you actually get. And so far I've never gotten, uh, you know, I've never received any sort of reward from an Amazon product other than my favorite, which is cash back. That's what I like. I have the Amazon shopping cart as a result or whatever that's called. 
Amazon store card and I get 5% back. That's what I like. Um, so, and I see someone come. Well, anyways, uh, we, we got Clemente. Gonna, Clemente's got his hand raised. Clemente, I, I lost, something to add? I lost the narrative, man. I'm going to be honest. Clemente. Yes. Yeah, I've been, I've been seeing some, some comments basically saying like Amazon entering the Web3 space is bad for the ecosystem. And, you know, this is what I kind of want to throw to you guys, which is the reality of it is, is this is probably not going to pump your bags. So the, it's not going to pump is, the bags at all. Like right, at all. right. $100,000 JPEGs are not going to be the focus. It's going to be $20, $10, $50 things. And maybe the rare one goes for like 100 But I think that there's also like an underlying thing here that a lot of people overlook is that Amazon partnered with AVAX for like infrastructure things. And Amazon's also going to be launching this on their own EVM chain. But I think that there's trickle-down effects for both of those. That like one, Amazon building a blockchain is going to open up a lot more flexibility for like an easier consumer adoption. I doubt they even call these things NFTs. Like I think the banner that hits the website is going to be like digital collectibles, digital um, items, like, and they're going to be cheap. Like that's the crazy thing is like if you plan to trade these or try to make a quick profit, your profit margin is not going to be hundreds of dollars unless you're buying in size. But also like they've announced 15 projects. And I think maybe we see a short-term pump on whatever those are. But I think the bigger thing here is a way for like the digital to real world overlap that's going to come into play where you own a digital collectible that could potentially be redeemed for say a physical item that then gets eliminated. Well, easy. What chain are they going to be on? It's its own chain. So, so Amazon's launching its own EVM chain, but I think the is gas it like layer is, two or is it? No, so it'll be its own layer one. So, it's going to be similar to like the AVAX thing. It's own layer one. So here's the thing. AWS is their main business. For Amazon, that's their most profitable division, and that's what actually subsidizes everything that they're able to do on the e-commerce side. And the way that AWS has always operated is essentially they productize uh, the things that they're using on the e-commerce side, and that's how they generate a profit off of, uh, like, off of the e-commerce side of things is by productizing it. This is just an example of that, a use case, and uh, it, it's a great way for them to essentially market that product and say, hey, developers, you can access this thing and look at all the success that we've had uh, on our like core Amazon.com service offering. Uh, the price of these, this has no impact on board apes or anything else uh, associated with that. What this has a lot more to do with is essentially, I think like rewards cards and other things associated with that. There's a ton of potential associated with that. That said, it's not clear. One thing that Amazon has had incredible difficulty with is they're so big is that they assign in uh, Jeff Bezos's pizza, one pizza side or two pizza size teams. I forget the number of pizzas. I think it's two pizzas. Um, that Because they have all these siloed teams, it's incredible for them to do deep integrations across their entire stack. And uh, that includes within like the e-commerce side of things. So for them to roll out an integrated service offering, it requires someone at the very top of the of the organization to say, "Here's some, here's an initiative that we're pushing it, pushing organization wide." And I just don't see them doing that with uh, NFTs. So you're calling uh, this a flop. Sorry, what? You're calling this a flop? I'm not calling it a flop. What I'm saying is, is like the uh, the the. The journey here is a long one, and this is this is going to be an incremental step down this path because, like, I don't see a rewards program that exists on Amazon today other than me getting cash back that has any sort of 
uh, relevance whatsoever if well, there is one. You may be pigeonholing it, saying it's just uh, a rewards program because I don't think I it's a rewards program at all. Like, yeah, I think this is just an opportunity for. And these, you to, said they're launching like fourteen new 15 projects. Fourteen collections are going to be on there, existing things. So speculation is going to be. Some people are saying that Pudgies are going to be involved. That's like one of the big speculative bets. There's one Solana project. I don't think I'm allowed to share it that I know of that's going there. And then there's thirteen others. So there's like a few things that I think. What I think the bigger thing here is this overlap of like owning something on the internet that lets you then get something in real life, whether that's. Any sort of physical item, you know? Like so that's, like a rewards program? No, no. Because a rewards program is like, you oh, sick, you get points. Great. I don't think these are points. Like much like if you own a fucking action figure, you can then get the physical one. But is that a rewards program? There's a million ways to structure rewards, incentives, and other things like that. So that that's how I would categorize it. The, the, yes, it may not be a points program, but there may be something but where like- cash uh, back, right? Or it could be VIPs, basically, that get access to certain things as a result of having that. That is a, re- a form of rewards and loyalty program, essentially. Um, and so I, I just think that there's something in there. To your point, though, like a pudgy penguins or, or something, if this is an opportunity to provide distribution of IP for people to deliver those, uh, like the plushies and other things is associated with that, for them to be able to connect your wallet and then surface interesting product uh, offerings to you as a result of the NFTs that you hold. Well, that's kind of interesting. The di- The difference, though, in this case is it sounds like it's on Amazon's own uh, uh, layer one. The reality is, is for all of us here, it's pure speculation in terms of what it is. But the fact that you know that anyone's going to it, did they tell you why they're going over to that blockchain? It's exposure. It's like they're getting strong support from Amazon to basically say that Amazon's going to be broadcasting this aggressively across to their user base. The other thing, though, is like if you've read a lot of the stuff that's been going on with like Amazon's public comments about it, they cite Starbucks a lot, like a lot, <laughs> saying that Starbucks has done a good job in this vertical. And for me, what that means is that they're going to incentivize buying items on the place, accessing things, participating to reward them with something, whether that's a stamp, an icon, a badge, whatever that is. But you look at Starbucks, who's done it. Starbucks launched their holiday cheer stamps in December 16th and they were selling for $2,000. So like that in itself was kind of what I think triggered Amazon to be like, oh, there might be a way to Nick's point on a reward system where we can put badges for high volume spenders on an account and that badge can be resold. I should get a badge. I, I literally spend four to five thousand a year at Starbucks. I'm like kind of disappointed. <laughs> like, Dude, I'm still not an Odyssey. I'm, I'm pissed. They have a drop in like three days. That's a five hundred supply. This thing's gonna cook. Here's one other speculative thing. Since we there's no uh, criteria, I think to what we uh, speculate on associated with this. Amazon's the, gonna uh, am, Amazon pr- has failed multiple times on anything associated with social media like things, profiles, other things like that. We're running Twitch into the ground right now. Uh, okay, uh, so NFTs. Um, present another opportunity for people to create shopping st- profiles associated with their shopping behavior. Now, there's other things where people do this with the clothing items that they have, and they post that on their social media. And those are other products that exist to, uh, like, uh, to say, hey, here are the different looks that I have and that sort of thing. I think that this presents another opportunity where people have a way of sort of tying identity associated with the products that they own, which people do currently, but to share that on uh, on Amazon, ultimately, at the end of the day, 
Amazon just needs more people to be like, you need to spend more time on site. If you spend more time on site, then you're going to buy more products. If you have deeper identity associated with it, I think of Goodreads, which they did, which is their, uh, they ended up acquiring and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an indicator of you being passionate about the books you read and that being reflective of your identity and thereby also probably spending more money on books and Kindle in particular. Um, and then also Kindle having more information about which products to surface to you. I think that like if you have something that you're willing to show associated with your identity, it probably has some correlation to what you're willing to buy. And so I think there's a lot of interesting data. I think that there's a lot of interesting things associated with uh, retail. But I also still stand by the fact that this is step one in sort of a longer uh, uh, plan rather than something that immediately is going to change the game for the NFT ecosystem. But one final thought on this is that this is massive from the standpoint that like we, we, we said, hey, Amazon one day will issue you know, NFTs on their site was like a statement that we would say in like 2021 about like the future potential of NFTs. This is happening. So we're seeing it from the largest, you know, e-commerce, frankly, retail behemoth, the largest uh, business in the world associated with retail. And I think that, uh, well, outside of Apple, I guess. Um, and that uh, that's just massive for NFT adoption. And I think that uh, if we can see a lot of utilization of it, well, that's just more bullish for NFTs as a whole. It just means that also the landscape is changing and moving away from high-priced NFTs, which is what we've been saying is going to happen all along. So here we are. Here we I are. See, I could see Nick being like a big Amazon NFT guy. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm going to be dude. a huge Amazon NFT sort of person, man. It's just really tied with my identity. I will be honest, though. I, I, Amazon probably takes the majority of my income. Oh yeah. And Nick, I could see you writing a guide on how to like blur farm on Amazon. So like like basically like buying physical things on Amazon, getting the NFT points and then just like reselling them on eBay. Look, the bottom line is this is happening. So don't cry about it because it's going to happen. Right. And I see people like crying about it, like more centralized. It's like, dude, you guys, Jesus, you guys got to figure it out. Anyway, shout out to our sponsor. So rare sign up at the nifty.com slash or S O R A R E. It is fantasy sports powered by NFTs. So think about a dynasty league in your fantasy league but you actually own the NFT assets that represent the players. So each card has their own experience point status. The more you play, the better your cards get. Um, they're big-time investors in SoRare. Alexis Ohanian, Serena Williams, some NBA players like Blake Griffin, Rudy Gobert, institutional investors like SoftBank, like LionTree. And they've partnered with people like Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe, Aaron Judge, Carl Anthony Towns, some of the biggest names in sports. So we have our NBA league going on right now where you can compete against me and compete with other people in the Nifty League. So go to thenifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com slash so rare. Uh, originally, it was only 100 spots. Those filled up right away. Now it's a bunch of spots. So so rare's developing, shipping stuff, and actually getting stuff going so more people can participate. Absolutely love uh, to see it, especially from a big company like that. Remember, SoRare had the highest European funding round ever, over $600 million at the end of 2021, 
Crazy. So SoRare is going to be here for a while. Like I said, they locked in a four-year deal with the English Premier League. Crazy, crazy stuff. Sign up at the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com slash SoRare. Hey, we're going to move into a fan favorite segment. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Just real quick before we move in, I wanted to wrap up on one thing. Do you know why Amazon decided not to go with Bitcoin for their blockchain? I'm, I'm, I'm like struggling to figure that out. I thought maybe you'd have some insight. Ladies and gentlemen, we got amateur hour. From now on, uh, e uh, Nick, I almost said easy. Nick is only going to ask Bitcoin questions to biology Srinivas. That, that's, that's the new answer. I'm not... I'm not qualified to answer Bitcoin questions. So Balaji Srinivasan is going to be our guy from now on. Really excited to have access to a guy like that. And I can't wait to see the questions Nick's at, Nick asks him. Anyway, uh, moving on to our new fan favorite segment. And by the way, anybody that wants to give me Bitcoin questions for Balaji Srinivasan, anybody that's so smart that they understand Bitcoin better than Balaji, send me your questions. Let's see what Balaji says. Anyway, uh, moving on to our new favorite segment, buy, sell, or send it to zero with our very own Easy Eats Bodega. Clemente, you got that audio clip? You got that oh, audio I got clip? it ready to go. Let's I got go. Ready to go. Let's hit it. Buy, sell, or send it to zero with our very own Easy Bodega oh, day trader extraordinaire. I just bought one. No, you didn't. Please sell it. Oh, no. Zero. Send it to zero, Easy. This thing is garbage. Whoa! Please sell it. Wow. We are going to name five NFT collections, and Easy is going to share whether or not he buys here, sells here, or sends it to zero. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the segment. Easy's here. Easy, are you ready? To buy, sell, or send it to zero? Born ready. So, I think I got to play the audio, Clemente, because it's getting a little late in CSU. But anyway, uh, the five collections, we're going to kick things off right now. Right off the bat, coming in hot, Alien Friends at 0.23 ETH for context. Wow. For context, there was peak euphoria January 2022. Hey, uh, look at that. That's also the all-time high for NFT volume. Look at that. January 2022, an iconic Gary V pump. So Gary V, something possessed him to pump this uh, random-ass cartoon JPEG project. And it topped out at three and a half Ethereum. Nick? It's not random. I mean, they had one of the strongest uh, communities and they were actually doing like partnerships with other projects and uh, they, they had a pretty loyal audience there. I don't even know what it was. A, I never viewed it as a Gary V pump, but sorry, easy. You're, you're, the, you're the one who's in charge of this segment. So I apologize. I'll come after you to sort of clean up. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably sending this one to zero. <laughs> out the gate, like, the partnership method that was huge in the bull market doesn't really have a lot of potential upside. They, their biggest partnership was actually with Medicards, the Nelk brand and Full Send brand, which pushed them pretty high. And they had a collaboration drop with them that did fairly well. But since then, it's been relatively ugly. Last seven days, down about 13%. Uh, volume is basically non-existent on this thing. Five sales a day. Uh, the founder, Mason Crow, relatively young individual, which I guess in the NFT space can be beneficial, but it's just tough when like you come from a space where like your roadmap is just collaborating with other projects and other projects are also struggling. Uh, anybody else have any thoughts? That's a send it to zero take from easy on alien friends at point 23th Spencer signal. Anybody kicks Nick, anybody have any thoughts uh, on alien friends at point? I 
I just remember, I mean, the, the only thought on this is that like this was a uh, this was one of the main projects and probably I think it may be in the hundred uh, all time highest volume. They have over 30,000 ETH in volume on this project. I just think that that's like it is pretty insane to see a lot of these projects essentially imploding. Uh, and, and it's not completely crazy. It's just we're witnessing it. I think right it's pretty now. exactly what I expected. The Internet yeah. bubble. You watch I think, these things blow up and then crumble and the strong you know, survive. The, the only thing that I would say that is potentially true of this collection is I think that Alien Friends falls into the category of was once large enough that it may be an M&A target later. Damn it! I you think, just beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I think that we've seen that with a couple of projects where you know, you'd know you say Oniforce, for example, send it to zero, whatever, but then it gets bought out and out as new management. Um, if we shift to a stronger M&A meta, which I think is pretty likely, you know, we haven't seen newly launched collections pump above one ETH in a really long time, except maybe Mochaverse. But we have seen acquired collections do that. And so it wouldn't shock me to see us continue down the path of acquisitions in the space. So how much would you spend to acquire this? A million bucks? No way. No way. I don't know. That's like the bare know. minimum, it seems. It, it, has, it has existing uh, like previous IP to the NFT collection. So there is some value there from what the creator had already put there. So... Uh, what was it? Who uh, Luca was saying for only one one point five million was a steal. So you're probably looking, yeah, somewhere around that region. Well, I mean, the thing you got to see is there's thirty thousand uh, total ETH volume ever on this collection. That's a lot of fucking ETH. <laughs> yeah, uh, but although the the volume is dried up, as Pio was mentioning, and the thing I, I will say. The question is, what are you getting basically with some of these uh, with some of these acquisitions? Oni Force to me was a better IP play than like I look at the floor uh, Alien Friends like art itself. At least Oni Force had some art that I feel like could be sort of uh, reused and utilized here. Alien Friends has that to a degree, but it was very much uh, indicative of some of the uh, baseline. It reminds me of like what was it Lem the Lemon one I mentioned the other day? Little that, uh, Lemon Friends. Little Lemon Friends, it, there were a bunch that sort of feel like the exact same thing. And I think they were all inspired by Cool Cats to, to some degree or like uh, in the same style. But Cool Cats at least had the distinction of like having this artist who had made this character over the years. And I will say like simple is better in, in NFT art. And at least Alien Friends has that going for it. But what, as it applies to the pictures uh, associated with a lot of them, uh, there's not... Um, it's uh, I, like there's worms coming out of the eyes and some other weird ones that stand by like bandages wrapped around the head. And I'm just like, okay, I don't, I don't know that I want to rock that. And the internal value that existed there really was those project partnerships. And people were really pumping this project associated with that. And in the bull market, you got early access to a lot of drops with this project. But now it's sort of like, well, what are they doing now? And I, I don't know, like when it comes to $1.5 million, my thought is like, can I go develop other IP uh, associated with it? The answer is yes. Uh, and, the, and the only other thing is, you know, I, I would be looking at what is the strength of this community and how many people are using them as like uh, profile pictures on like, uh, you know, NFT inspect. It, it is interesting that um, uh, I don't know what offers they got, but it, clearly it wasn't enough for them to uh, completely quit. Um, but, and no one was willing to pay the one million dollars or whatever that they were trying to. Why uh, would you ever? Like, I wouldn't have paid that. I think that the tool that they have is kind of interesting. If someone's trying to do a roll up and they want to take this site private, 
and there's like insight that they can get out of it. It's interesting. The problem is it was all based on a Chrome plugin. So you, you need to incentivize people to install that. Um, but the insight on that would be like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for like, what are the top PFPs on that site? And that's how I would sort of rank it uh, associated with um, essentially anything. Oni Force is ranked uh, 66 with this. And Alien Friends is 38. So it's higher. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a good one. Well, look at that. Maybe it's a good one from Nick. Uh, but Gicks, Gicks. Yeah, I was just thinking this could also be an opportunity for a, a SPAC roll up. Just take. Yeah, this that's what that, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying someone comes in and they say, you know what, we're going to buy ten of these projects, put them in together. But the problem is, is you're not going to spend. Now you're talking about spending ten million dollars to like uh, do a roll up. You you got to get these on the cheap. And I, I think there's still a little more time. Give it well, a little more time. And you in as the negotiator. <laughs> Dude, I just think wait till the end of the year. And and some of these projects are going to be worth closer to zero, like Easy's predicting here. And then that's a great time to buy them. Anyways. There you go. Well, that's a send it to zero call from Easy. Next collection on this is going to be a good one, ladies and gentlemen. We got Creeps at 2 ETH. So Creeps recently migrated to a new contract to enforce royalties. There's a high priority on gaming. Danny Seed Phrase owns 615 of them, nearly 4% of the total supply. Easy. Buy, sell, or send creeps to zero at 2 ETH. I'm a buyer. As crazy as it sounds. Wow! Yeah, I'm actually a buyer of creeps. They're rolling out a bunch of new things from the gaming perspective. Um, and I'm like a huge believer that this gaming meta is only just starting. We've seen Polygon change their name to Polygon from studios to gaming. We've seen a lot of other plays continue to trend up. You even have Dr. Disrespect pushing out tweets right now that are so pro like NFT gaming that I just think that games that have shown an existing move here and actually gotten some interest, Creeps holding two is impressive to me. Like that's genuinely impressive. And I I don't think that stops. Like I think that we still continue to see upside on it. And like if you look at the cold blooded creeps, it's actually two point three and they're up twenty three percent today. So they continue to tease future game rollouts and additions there. And to me, I'm like, this fits the narrative. And a community like theirs that will literally attack you for anything you say about the project is like a good sign in this market that they're still so strong. So like for me, I think they could push three. So I had uh, placed a trade on them and I think I lost money on it and their community was furious and the founder uh, founders blocked us. Here's, here's breaking news, P.O., at least one of the founders has since unblocked me. Uh, and so that's let's bullish. see if the old boys are unblocking that, that, that that's that's a bullish information uh, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm you know the creeps uh, uh, you know they <laughs> I'm blocked. I'm, I'm just hella blocked right now. okay, well, one of them unblocked me. I don't know what happened there, but uh, the reality is I, I think uh, uh, Easy may be right about this. Um, look, they're out there building, and and there's no doubt uh, that my my biggest issue that I have is that their plans are just so damn ambitious. Like they're they're operating on ten fronts at the same time, and when I see that, it just typically it's it's a uh, it's a red flag for me because I'm just like, how are you going to like execute on all those things at the same time? But now um, what if they just shift that and focus just on the game aspect? Like that's going from a lot to a singular focus and actually creating a plan for those singular focuses, I think is where they'll find success. 
and you have people like Seed Phrase, who's a huge believer in this. That's not something that I want to fade personally. And like to me, the project just because community is honestly one of the more interesting aspects of it because like you don't get that anymore. And like having the success that they've had and still being able to hold the floor price that they're at is what has me really interested because it seems like every announcement gets people just as excited as the last one. And in this market, it's an attention economy. And based on this narrative shift we're starting to see and the massive ramp in gaming, I think that these, this is kind of like a perfect storm setting up. Building games is hard. That's just my, that's my only feedback. Oh yeah. Any, anything from Spencer signal. Yeah. I, um, I kind of feel like what's happening in gaming now is a bit like what was happening in 2021 where everyone was like gaming, 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 gaming. And then it's taken like, you know, even look at pixel vault, how long it's taken them just to get to this stage, which is releasing um, the reboot protocol. And then they got the white paper coming out. So I think, while you know, while the thesis of the trade is good, it just feels as if like how much time will it actually take for them to get the game out? That's yeah. that's my only concern because the only project we've seen, uh, and surprisingly, you know, uh, Seed Phrase is in it, Wolf Game, which came out with a game, it was ready to play, everybody went crazy for it. That's one of the few but games we've seen back. just take that momentum. Or like all I'm saying is that the failure rate in games, as we always hear, is extremely high. Um so it doesn't mean that every project that has a good floor and is going in gaming is going to make it. But I don't think it's going in gaming. I think they've been an existing game. And you have to remember, they were like one of the, like they front ran the NFT worlds move in um, Minecraft to create their token play, which like shows they have some form of competent devs to create like a loop cycle. Their game was like more interactive than a wolf game. Like that's a bigger play for me. And now if you look at something like what's going on in Polygon, there's 20 plus, 30 plus playable games right now. And I think once you start actually diving into this space, you realize that like this narrative from last year where everyone was like gaming, 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 gaming is slowly but surely coming to fruition now where you can actually play stuff and put your hands on these assets and like interact in a full ecosystem. To kick to the point, it's not an easy task by any means. But just because of the fact that they had something that was working before the Minecraft kind of like thwarted NFTs, has me interested to see what they could potentially roll out next. And I think from a speculative play, because they're coming from that ecosystem on ETH and now are pivoting to focus more on like gasless transactions and playing to that economy and that user base, I'm personally like interested at this price point for sure. Well, that's a buy call uh, for creeps at two Ethereum by Easy Eats Bodega. Surprised me with that one, but that's, that's his call. Uh, love hearing the discussion surrounding the Creeps collection. Next collection, World of Women at 1.62 Ethereum. This was uh, technically, I guess, a Gary V pump. I mean, look, it was pretty damn significant. It peaked at 13 ETH in March 2022. They have made a whopping $9.6 million off of secondary royalties. Easy. World of Women at 1.62 Ethereum. Is this a buy? Uh, a what? Sell it. I'm selling it. I'm selling it. I'm all set. For me, I'm like not that excited about it. I'm like, I look at World of Women and it's like, that seems like a perfect rug and acquisition play in my boat. Like, that's one that like, I think a project ends up getting bought. I think this project ends up getting bought out. They have a big war chest, but like, what's the excitement behind it anymore? You know, like you don't, you rarely see them on the timeline. You don't see a lot of people talking about them. They have good IRL events, but I think that only carries you so far. Anybody else? World of Women. We got a sell call from Easy. Nick? 
so easy. They're they're one of the projects rumored to be doing something with Amazon. Do you think that could cause like positive price that action? That would cause a short term pump, I think. Like we talked about it. That and if that, that's one I have heard as well. But just to me, it's like I don't know what sustains beyond that. You know, like you get the pump because they listed on uh, Amazon, but then what? You know, IRL events, cheaper NFTs. I think lead to dilution. <laughs> yeah, so fits the narrative. My sell, my sell there. Hmm. This is a tough one. Uh, man, the hype is gone. That's all I know uh, associated with pretty much all these projects. Uh, the question is, you know, what's the value in holding these at the current price? I like the sell call also. I don't. I wouldn't say send it to zero. Um, I think that it... it Definitely not a send to zero. They, they experienced a short-term pump. If these, these are one of those where like, if you can buy it, you know, if you can buy a, a V friend, if you can buy a world of women, if you can get any of these things in the couple thousand dollar range, you know, like a, a thousand, two thousand dollars, it's interesting. Um, I think that uh, it, it's worth like having a, a quote diversified project NFT portfolio because <clears throat> whenever the bull run, if there is another bull run on this form of collectibles, uh, essentially, uh, being with the teams that actually have capital and have uh, demonstrated an ability to facilitate, you know, partnerships and things like that is great. Uh, what's not clear is how that materializes for holders at this point in time. And really, the market's not valuing any of those things um, currently, simply because a lot of these are just so damn expensive. And so, it really, comes back down to was like, why am I holding this thing at this at this price? Um, and that's something that people are going to be asking for pretty much every project. Spencer, Signal, any thoughts on World of Women? At yeah, I'm on the sell as well. Like, they, no, to be honest, they do a, a lot of stuff on the charity front, especially with their um, with their partner, uh, Code Green. So on the charity side, you know, stuff is definitely being done. But it's as Nick is saying, like, how does that actually translate into floor price? And if this, like, I would never call this a rug in acquisition because it's it, like it really isn't a rug. But I. It's it's more like how uh, do say they that drive... as a potential target, not that yeah. they're rugging, that they're in that that bucket of plays that would make sense to get acquired. A hundred percent. It's just like they need they like they have everything. They have all the ingredients. They have that twenty twenty one legacy. They have a, an amazing board. They have a great um, uh, executive leadership. So it's more like now it's like how do they get the hype and attention and the interest back? Damn. So Signal was frozen the whole time. She just got completely rugged from the stream. I'm ordering Signal a Google Mesh right after this show. Uh, we're going to hurry up because ETH price is dropping. So you're Google <laughs> yeah. Mesh yeah, they just said that interest rates are going to uh, get ramped keep, here. Keep going. Keep going, baby. Uh, anyway, Signal, go ahead, please. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got cut off. But um, yeah, all I was saying is that they need to magically find a way to get hype and attention back on the project because all the ingredients are there for them to, you know, go back to where they were in 2021. Obviously not as high, but at least to be considered a midship because right now they're not even a midship. Uh, Spencer, any thoughts on World of Women? Not really. I mean, I think I've just uh, you, you know my gripe with World of Women, which is that I think it, it was a, a predominantly male-founded team that then like just kind of founded it to do the narrative. They then hired in a lot of women to be the front of it. Um, I think that we will see projects in the next cycle that will be focused on adoption from women. And I've just got to say, like I've not met women who want to buy a project called World of Women. 
it just feels too on the nose to like trying to appeal as like, a specific point in the space. And I think that when we see the next cycle, like it's not going to be the one that sees the most true female adoption. Fair enough. Uh, moving on, that's a sell call from Easy. Obviously, we heard, <coughs> excuse me, from everybody else. Quirkies at one Ethereum Easy. Quirkies became popular with the Board API Club community. After starting the year at 1.5 Ethereum, they dipped all the way down to 0.85 Ethereum in March. And this is last year, before seeing a small rally back up to 1 ETH. Um, or I, Clemente, is that this year? This year. This year. Okay. So they start out 1.5, dip down to 0.85, and now they, they've seen it for some reason, and they're back up to 1 ETH. We got the Wi-Fi boys on the show today. Anyway, uh, easy. Buy, sell, or send Quirkies to zero. I'm selling them here. I don't think they go to zero because, once again, very, very strong community. But for me, I'm just like, I don't know how they go above one without like anything major tangible coming from the project that's been like clearly shared across the timeline. You don't really see them many times. I know me and Kix got in wicked early on the one ETH challenge on these and both papered them before they pumped to three ETH. Uh, that was a hell of a cook. But yeah, I, d I think sell at one ETH. It wouldn't shock me if these continued to trend lower over time. So a sell call from Easy. Anybody else? Thoughts on Quirkies? No one's got any. <laughs> no one cares. Uh, <laughs> I, every project has their time in the sun. It's really hard to keep it going after that. Uh, it's tough. You know what I mean? It's just like it's an attention game. And unless you're doing something unique and different, it's it's really hard, um, but you know maybe they can. I mean, I thought it was crazy they even went to three. I mean, it just showed they had some diamond handers in that community. Kicks describes it sometimes. It's, it's kind of like a hit song. It's hard to tell if it's going to come back into popularity. Anyway, last collection, ladies and gentlemen, my pet hooligan at point eighty seven Ethereum. This is a gaming NFT minted back in December twenty twenty one, but community claims to have held strong through the ups and downs and have repeatedly <laughs> uh my pet hooligan at 0.87 ethereum ladies and gentlemen it's if it's the gaming narrative they have a fully playable game if you remember in vegas the game was you could literally play it with an xbox controller i think this is one that i'm interested in as well i think these get back over one ETH. consistent sales uh still not aggressive as far as sales go but anywhere from 0.87 over one consistently like you even look at like the frequent sales over the last 15 hours there's been multiple sales over one a lot of sales even recently at the floor and to me i just think that this team has a strong really strong community and the team itself that's actually behind the project looks pretty good um i believe they're going to be releasing like a first person shooter style game or top down shooter style game and the, the graphics are really good like for me i'm i'm excited about it uh, amgi studios is the actual animation suite behind it and it's all PvP and a social, quote, metaverse, which I don't like the metaverse aspect of it. But I think if they launch more mini games on it, the gameplay was fun. So for me, I'm like, does this surprise me if it gets back over one? Absolutely not. Like, here it actually looks pretty good at 0.86. It gets back into that, like, 1-3 range. I'd be I'd be excited. So I'm a buyer of my pet hooligan. It fits this kind of meta shift that I think we're seeing. When we were in Vegas, that guy had the booth set up and we played it. It's where you have the little bunny with the weapons and you can yeah. kill bored apes and shit. Uh, it was pretty uh, polished, if I remember. It was a really good looking game. Like, is that my it. pet hooligan? Yes. Yeah. Game is That's really the only cult like project Nick hasn't putted yet. <laughs> 
True, true. And I think it's because Nick played the game and got to shoot a board ape, and he was like, oh, shit, this, this is crazy. I like it. <laughs> Anybody, any other thoughts on my pet hooligan? Spencer, with your fund, are you paying attention to gaming ecosystem? A uh, little bit. I mean, I don't know. I think the gaming narrative matters a lot more than actual like game development. We've seen people develop games, and it's just like if you get to the user adoption point, you've probably held too long with a lot of gaming stuff. Um, but I, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are maxis on it. I think gaming NFTs will be a really big deal. I'm just not convinced that the speculative trading part will make sense because I don't know how you have a game where the utility that you give any individual NFT is worth like two, three ETH. I'm just it just doesn't seem to make sense to me, right? Like one of my big maxims in the last bull market was like you know. Alpha Black Lotus for Magic the Gathering is 100 grand. Anytime an NFT that was a gaming whatever hit 100 grand, I just sold it. There's no way that anyone's making something that's more valuable than an Alpha Black Lotus. It's kind of like how I see things. And so, like, I just, people are so often how they think, like, Grail collectibles related to gaming, like, ever are worth. And so I think this narrative is important, but eh, does it matter? I don't know. I, got, and I'm, I know I'm like a skeptic and that's a weird take, but I think NFTs are digital luxury that will manifest to some degree in gaming, but the in game assets, will be NFTs, but they're not great to speculate on. Yeah, and a lot of them won't be worth anything, just like in, in normal games. Like, you you open a loot box, like, uh, you're not just, like, printing money off of every, you know, loot box. Like, it's, it's very rare that you get something that's actually worth something. But I agree with that take, and I, I am in NFT gaming. A lot of times before these games launch, the speculation goes insane, and when the game actually launches, then the NFT assets get priced to reality. So, um like NFT gaming can be massive for NFTs and people that are just throwing money around at any NFT gaming project can also lose money. Like both of those things can be true at the same time. I think what Spencer said is totally accurate is like, you just have to discern the difference difference between a speculative asset versus like a sick game. Right. And we don't know what the price correlation is yet. Uh, it's going to be juicy to see how this plays out. Easy still might be right. So that's a buy call from Easy, ladies and gentlemen. To recap, and Clemente, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. It was a on Alien Friends. Was this ascended to zero? Easy, uh, that I can't. Was send it to zero on Alien Friends. Creeps at two ETH was a buy. World of Women was a sell at one point sixty two. Quirkies was a sell. Right, Easy. At one? A sell on Quirkies, a sell on World of Women, send it to zero on Alien Friends, a buy on Creeps, and a buy on My Pet Hooligan. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's our that's our show. Oh, we got a bonus round. We'll have to get an audio effect made for the bonus round. Solana Monkey Business at 198 Solana, which is $4,000. Oh, I'm selling here. There's too much turmoil going on in this space about like what's happening with the new project, the old project, and everything else that's going on. I'm all set. Um, I don't want exposure to it until we get some clarity. All right. Well, there's a little bonus round. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Sign up for So Rare. Sign up at the nifty.com slash So Rare. T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y dot com slash So Rare. They sponsor the show. Fantasy sports on the blockchain. If you like basketball, baseball, International football, known in the United States as soccer, the biggest names in the, the, the in those sports are on so rare. It's pretty crazy the partnerships that they've secured. Like I mentioned, highest funded Europe, uh, fund, high, biggest funding round in European history. 
If you want to play against me in our basketball league, we've got more spots. Sign up at the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com slash so rare. It's a free-to-play game. It's free to play, but with your free-to-play assets, you can win assets that you actually can sell, or you can just use those assets to continue to play to win even more uh, stuff. If you want to be a high roller, you can just come out the gate and buy high value stuff right out the gate and just say, I'm, I'm here to really, you know, I'm here to send it. But if you just want to dip your toe in, you can go free assets all the way. It's layer two Ethereum on Stark where you can bridge the stuff to layer one Ethereum. Kind of seems like they're doing everything right, if you ask me. Anyway, that's the nifty.com. T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y dot com slash so rare. S-O-R-A-R-E. That's our show. We will be back tomorrow. We run the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern time each and every week. We will catch you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening.